0: Hey friends, Scott Sullivan here, Georgia Baptist Discipleship with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and I love the topic of our today's uh, uh, discussion. And we've got a great panel. And just a reminder that our team exists to uh, inspire and encourage and equip disciple makers throughout of Georgia and really throughout the nation. And uh, today I've got with me Dr. P.J. Dunn, one of my favorite people, and uh, and I call him the Singles Guy because in my opinion, and I haven't found anyone who differs from this, PJ. You are the nation's leading authority when it comes to singles. Now, I don't know if that means there aren't many single people out there or what, but uh, just kidding. But man, we love what you are doing on our team and uh, be leading our discussion today. And Chris Shirley, Dr. Shirley, is with us from Southwestern Seminary. And I can tell you this, uh, of course, I'm, I'm done with school and not going back. But Doc, if I was going to go back, And if I was at Southwestern, I would find a way to take one of your classes. I have thought so much of you for years. You and I shared together on the Baptist Association of Christian Educators board for a while. And the respect that I've got for you, how God has used you and what he's doing with you at Southwestern Seminary is just phenomenal. So, PJ, just before you get on and start guiding our discussion, let me just remind our folks of this. This whole thing we do is provided because churches give to the cooperative program, to the, to the seminaries, to help the seminaries, uh, to what we do at the state convention, to get out there and to get into those local churches. So for those of you who are giving to CP, thank you for doing that. It really does make a difference, particularly right now in the middle of a pandemic. And I wanna encourage you to do something. Make sure to leave a comment below, because as we do every week, we're going to give away some free swag, books, um, products that we're going to be sending to you. So for you to get entered into that, you got to leave a comment. All right. So PJ, got us some discussion, man. We're excited about discussing our singles topic today.
1: Yeah, I thank you for the introduction. And um,
0: I am passionate
1: about single adults. It's not something that I try to hide too much, um, just because... Um, there's been a lot of things that have developed in my life over the years that have, that have called me to this area of focus. And, and God has grown that. And so that's where um, Dr. Shirley and I first met each other. And uh, sitting in a seminary class at Southwestern, enjoyed my time there doing uh, very focused times of courses. And so in one of those courses, uh, we were talking about single adults and really began to develop what a single adult was, and how do you look at single adults and oh, by the way, they're forty percent of the population, and by the way, um, if you take the working age, they're over fifty percent of the population. so uh, how do we reach this demographic in our local church and be single friendly and so, uh, Dr. Shirley, you've been foundational in the way that I think of singles and and I don't say thank you enough, but first of all, thank you for that, and thank you for your investment. I know we've had some fun stories of me in class and uh, and all those things, but uh, seminary professors sometimes don't always get to, to, to see students 10 years, 20 years down the, the road, and, um, and so I just want to say thank you, and thank you to many of your professors at Southwestern that helped invest in our
2: lives, so thank, thank you. you. Thank for... you, PJ. I think one of my, uh, my goals in teaching is to be able to invest in the lives and ministries of my students, not just while they're here on campus, but, you know, for the rest of their ministry, for uh, you know the remainder of their time in ministry, the remainder of my time uh, doing what I'm doing. I want to be on the field uh, helping and, and investing and, and being a part of ministry uh, because that helps me and, and keeps me fresh uh, in understanding what's going on out there. Yeah, and it, and it's, it's one of
1: those things where seminary does really have a value. And this is one of those values where we get to walk life with each other. It's not just a class. And so um, today's topic... Uh, is kind of on the heels of uh, we talked about before about why you even reach singles and and just you know, wh- why would you even think about single adults in the local church and so we explored that topic and so the the natural progression is okay well what if you had a singles group uh, at one point or maybe you have one but it needs to be refreshed and there's uh, Little idiosyncrasies that that we can talk about that happens in singles groups over time that we've both been a part of and serving, um, and then you know how do we make it new and and especially in, in a time of a pandemic when maybe that playbook has changed completely we go back to some core principles um, rather than leaning on events and and so that's what today's topic is about and so I just want to jump right in and ask you Dr Shirley um, uh, for the first part of this so if you've ever had a singles ministry what are some tips to maybe uh, revitalize, like what's a one, two, three that you would say, let's, let's revitalize our singles group. I would start
2: here. Okay, uh, I think uh, first and foremost, I think is identifying those single adults hmm. uh, within your church. Who are they? Uh, what kind of lives do they lead? Uh, obviously we know that they're not homogenous and, uh, you know, sometimes when we think about singles, we think about uh, young people in their 20s uh, for starting their careers, maybe get starting, you know, uh, uh, on their way to getting married. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, I think uh, most young people in their 20s uh, who are in that position don't necessarily think of themselves as single. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think of themselves as just not married yet. Mm-hmm. and hmm uh, or <laughs> or, or possibly even still adolescents, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You know, there there's some uh, differences among the, the populations out there, particularly in the, in the millennials. But yeah, um, so so that would be step step one. So I think step gonna... one would be identifying who those people are. Okay, uh, and, and and then after we find those people, identify them, uh, then go on a, a discovery of of who who are the leaders among these people. Know, who are people who have leadership skills? Who have gifts that might be able to be used to uh, to coordinate, organize, uh, reach out to others? Uh, those are those are two important steps, I think. Identify and then and then look for leaders because uh, we can't go forward without that.
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes looking at the, the past, so you might ask the question, how did we get here in the middle of those two th- those two questions? And, um, and, and you know that we've been a part of revitalizing uh, a couple singles ministries even mm-hmm. together. And so when you walk down that path and you ask, well, how did we get here? And sometimes that how we got there is important to how do we not get back there? How do we build trust again? Because trust has been broken yeah. in, a, in a lot of these singles groups where they thought they had support maybe and they didn't have support. Um, you know, 50% of people will be married at some point in their life. And so the reality is, is, is if you have a hundred singles in your group, 50 of them will most likely get married and not be in the group. And so it's a, it's a group where you're constantly fishing Mm -hmm. to reach people. And then now I'm going to ask you this question. What do you do with a group that, uh, maybe exists right now, but maybe is full of some interesting characters. Do you want to talk about interesting single adults a little bit?
2: Do I want to talk about interesting single adults? Uh, absolutely, uh, I think that uh, you 'll find a variety of different uh, types of people in in your your single adult uh, population in your church and uh, it's, I, I, I almost hate to say this but uh, but i 'll say it anyway uh, you know, some, some are some people in your group are single for a season and and some are single for a reason yeah. and and we've, I think we 've discovered that i 'm not trying to to be uh, derogatory toward them. Uh, only to say that I believe one of the most important functions that we can play as leaders in the church is to provide uh, examples, provide mentoring to to help people to uh, to move through this stage in their life, but which may be a permanent stage. But you know, uh, we're we're about discipling, we're about building relationships, and the more we can help our single adults to uh, to acquire, attain those, those relational skills with one another. That's why it's so important that we have community in our church among them. Mm. And, and then we bring in leaders who model for them. I remember the first time I stepped into my, uh, my role as a single adult minister, which, by the way, was not a, a, a set-aside role in the church. It was just a part of what I did. Uh, and, and I went into that, uh, to that room. Everybody was standing on the edges of the room. Uh, they were all, <laughs> they were all huddled Now A few of them were talking to one another, but they were all in a dark room and they were just kind of like standing around like a, a seventh grade dance
0: yeah.
2: and, uh, in, in middle school. And, and, and so I looked around and I said, I got some work to do here. Yeah. And, but, but my immediate thought was, well, I guess I'm going to need to show them how to relate to one another. Mm. And so just week by week, I was going around, I was talking to them and said, come over here and meet so-and-so. Uh, you know did you know that they and I try to connect people that had similar interests and in, and in life situations and uh and and just kind of model what does it mean what does it mean to reach out to people yeah and and to share your life with them and and so that 's yeah. uh
1: but, but and all of that is, is a really big part of revitalizing because you have yep. to realize what the needs are in the room especially if you have an existing core group you may have to to hit that reset button and, and start with the relationships mm-hmm. and, and how do we have relationships and being complete in Christ doesn't mean that you get married. We use a phrase called uh, you know marriage isn't the finish line. Marriage isn't the no. goal of what we're trying to do in this group it's it's Christ it's being complete in him and and it's powerful but that's what helps those relationships. And so it's not about them dating one another or getting fixed or, uh, Mm -hmm. well, if we can get this person, they won't be odd. Well, marriage ministry has just as many odd people. They just happen to marry one another. So it's not that people are more odd. Uh, it may feel more concentrated. I think we could all agree that sometimes those concentration of, of interesting characters or single for Mm -hmm. a reason, people sometimes can, can offset the
2: balance, but. um, Yeah. And and I think too the, the, um, the, those those people who put that in quotes, uh, you know, exist everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, Just more identifiable, I think, in the single adult population because they're alone. Yeah. And, and, and they, they can't be deluded by their partner, you know, or, uh, you know, you can't have the introvert who's, who's, who's hidden by the extrovert wife, you know, or, or husband, uh, you're, that's, that's who you are and, and you stand alone, uh, as you are in, in the community. So
1: speaking of community, tell me a little bit about um, do you think there are specific discipleship considerations for singles uh, when, when we say that and we're talking about, uh, you know, how do we do this going forward? Are we going to be age graded? Are we going to be, um, you know, affinity based or whatever it looks like? Do you think there are any considerations to think of for singles?
2: Uh, you know, I'd, my own personal thoughts about disciple making uh, tend to be more uh, generic in terms of I think discipling is discipling regardless of whether you're discipling a, a married person a single person uh, you know young old I, I think we we have some basic uh, disciple making that that is common to every age group and every status uh, but then within uh, those statuses if that's the right word uh, we uh, we it looks a little qualitatively different mm. um, because we're we're doing we're probably doing more mentoring uh, among the single adult population who are younger. Mm. And, and so that's an aspect of, of of disciple making that may not be quite as uh, as present in the married groups. Um, yeah. And access to do
1: those things, because when um, you, when you are looking for a mentoring relationship, you have one person with one decision, if they're going to do it in yeah. a married environment, you have two decisions to be made, yeah. or maybe kids that are involved. It's much harder <laughs> to mentor in that marriage family environment of busyness where Mm -hmm. with a single adult, they can make one decision and they make Mm -hmm. more time. They don't have more time. That's, Mm -hmm. that's not what we're saying. Nobody, nobody write that in the chat. Um, But, but they can maybe easier engage that mentoring relationship.
2: Yeah. And, and, and finding that, uh, that role in ministry is absolutely essential uh, as, as soon as you can, I think, because, Like you said, there's 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 not this this extra time that that people have that you don't have when you're married. I mean, it's um, or the yeah you don't have when you're married. It's it's that it's um, uh, I guess it's it's directing them in their passions Mm. uh, and and helping them manage that time well uh, to be able to to give all that they can give for what they're capable of giving. Uh, because the the community of Christ is going to be so much more important and vital to to their lives in, in, as single adults. Uh, you know, we, we tend to think that, that we can just let adults be adults and, and manage themselves. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and so PJ and I both have found over our, the careers of our, our single adult ministries that unless you have someone who is coordinating and organizing uh, whether it be a small church or a large church, it could be a staff position, but it could just be a, a leader that you have in your church who has a passion for single adults, uh, let them lead, you yeah. know, give them responsibility and 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 have a point person who is guiding this ministry yeah. uh, because otherwise uh, just leaving it up to, to osmosis, you know, and hoping they'll get it somehow uh, because after all they're adults, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it just, it doesn't happen. No,
1: and you're never going to drift towards anything you didn't aim. And, and we learned that in spark. So hashtag uh, spark shout out. Um, and, and, it, but it is true. Like I think of, uh, and, and you may know her, Sandra Ryan is a, is a lady who has, invested in singles, but never had that official capacity um, and did great things for singles in North Carolina. If she's watching or somebody knows her, we can give her a shout out because I learned from her early on uh, in my early 20s from seeing her example of you're not paid uh, to do this. So if you show up and say, I have to be a singles minister and we have to staff it, um, this is maybe somewhere for you to to speak into it, Scott. You know, if you can't staff for it, um, or if you can't intern for it, you know, what does a church do to empower that leader to make them feel like a Sander is, who we know led a group of 100-something singles and, and did retreats and great things? How do, you, how do you staff that as a minister?
0: Well, I can tell you this, how, how important it is, uh, like from the church that I came from, First Baptist Houghton, Louisiana. When you want singles to be a priority, that's got to mm-hmm. start with a pastor. Mm-hmm. The pastor's vision for having a singles ministry and for it being legit is important. Now, uh, as that filters down and you get into where most people are, um, you don't have a a paid full-time singles minister, is um, equipping them. So spending time with that person so that that singles minister or, or director who's leading that ministry understands the vision of the pastor and can flesh that out with the singles. But also one thing that was huge for us is for that person who's working intimately and daily with those singles, to give insight to the pastor mm. who 's not working with them every day and doesn 't understand every single idea that 's happening and, and one thing I would just say for those of you who are watching if you 're a, a local church leader, celebrate singles in your church it 's We have a mother 's day we have a father 's day we have marriage conferences, we have a family series that we 're doing have a single 's day where you 're celebrating them, and, and a lot of times I think we have this unspoken thought that. Well, you know, there are more married people than, than non-married. There you know, all these other things. But listen, when you're talking about 40 to 50% of the people who live in your ministry area are single, and they're just not going to come to your church if they don't see that you have a vision for it. So, and yeah. I can say a whole lot more, PJ, I don't want to monopolize uh, this uh, discussion, but just a huge topic as we talk about getting this into the local church through the pastor into that
2: lay leader. Uh, I think one thing, too, that that we need to be aware of is with the, the influx of uh, boomers that are in their uh, older adult years now as single adults, mm. uh, we need to be paying attention to them as well. Uh, there's, a, there's a huge population of, of single adults who are over 55, over 60 uh, years old now that uh, that aren't represented in the church. And, and are not being paid attention to, you know, we, uh, PJ knows of, of the uh, singles ministry at Wedgwood that we, ha- we have for, for our, uh, I think we call it elite singles now. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's that, that age group that, uh, that with mostly women, but, but we still have men. And, and probably, again, that's probably one of the biggest uh, populations not being reached right now is, is older adult men who are single. And 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 they're going to be they're they're going to be attracted through relationships through friendships through connections uh, in the church, uh, not just um, you know fun activities.
1: And when and when people hear that age demographic, one of their first things is, well, they're all they almost be divorced or they're all widows. But 64 percent of singles have never been married. 64 percent. And so that's that. You walk into the room, and most likely they aren't what you think. That that is, or they're a single mom or they they might be those things, but statistically, that's not who's going to be in the room. It's going to be another person that may or may not be like you if you've never been married or if you're not one of those um, life stages. So you have singles, you have people that are engaged, you have people that are looking to date. Um, you have single parents, which make up 40% of our families. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have widows, which in this season of COVID um, is something that we need to really be looking at because if we have over 200,000 people that have passed away, how many of those left a, a widow or a widower behind? And that's not going to be a 60-year-old. That's going to be somebody that's much younger. And statistically, we're going to see that that number is going to be around 49 for the average age for a widow. And so that it's, it's really changes your paradigm of who singles are, because you might think, um, ah, the person that's not married yet, and it's so not what the demographic is. And so we have the joy of helping communicate that. And and so a question on that um, really is, how does the church value singles and be single-friendly, uh, Dr. Shirley? Uh, we've kind of alluded to it a few times, but
2: just yeah. what would you say to that? I, I think one thing that we can do, uh, and I'll, I'll speak out of my own experience here, uh, you know, one of the goals that we had in, in creating a new group at our church uh a new missional community was to uh to cross not only the age brackets but also the stage brackets as well mm-hmm. and and so in in my missional community we have uh younger couples who are in their 30s along with couples who are in their 60s and now we also have uh single adults you know who are who are across the age groups you know in 30s 40s and 50s you know uh, who are who are single adults who are part of our missional community as well, and and we're learning about each other. We're we're ministering to each other. We're uh, we're having friendships, you know, amongst the uh, the the stage, stages of life uh, with single adults. So I think part of it uh, is recognizing not only those who who need and want to be a part of a group. Mm and and having those groups available for them, but also recognize the ones that maybe don't want to be a part of, of that group, but want to be a part of a of a more diverse community and and having avenues within our group ministry for them as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's important that we know that singles need Community, but that does not mean that we have to have a singles ministry. And mm-hmm. so, one thing that we have to destigmatize is that we have to have a singles ministry that plays volleyball, or else we're not doing singles ministry. That's not yeah. uh, the case. That may have been the case in the '90s, and and Scott probably can attest to this too. When you um, when we talk about when singles was in its heyday, or when it was really great, or or people think back on it, it really was the '90s, and mm-hmm. and a lot of churches had it, uh, and we even took it off the ACP as a question back in the nineties when we decided it wasn't as important as a statistic to, to carry anymore. And so, um, what are some ways, um, Scott at your last church in in Houghton, what are some ways that maybe singles gathered? Um, you know, Dr. Shirley's environment is, you know, not necessarily affinity based, but just, you know, people come together, which is, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then there might be like age graded or not, but how did you find that singles connected at, at Houghton? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, several, several, th- two that I would share with you. And, and before I get in, let me just say one thing that kind of bounces off what um, Dr. Shirley said, um, budget alignment is important. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to, if we're going to say that ministry is important, um, then we've got to give something that when people look at the budget for our year, they ought to, they're going to see what's important by what we are putting money towards. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean a lot. You know, you've got a $10,000 overall budget. Man, what if it's 50 bucks? What if it's a hundred bucks, but something that speaks to that. So, um, but in ways that our, that, that singles could gather, uh, one of those that we would see would be simple. Um, you know, I guess one of the, one of my failures in that was to try to think that if I could do something super big and grand, that's what would draw the singles. That's mm-hmm. what would get them in the door. So we would have the banquets and we'd spend several thousand dollars and a speaker and and decorate. And we did get them in there. But one thing we, we saw over about a decade was we got just as many people by providing quality opportunities for them to get together at a Friday night at somebody's house and just play mm-hmm. have, play board games and just hang out and we and it was really part of an overall shift that we saw in our church where we moved from being an evangelistic church to what we called a disciple making church so we stopped doing so many big events and try to do more Smaller events that were focused on relational engagement. So instead of the big event where you try to get 100 people there, we tried to get maybe the 30 core people to invite two or three people and make it a smaller event. And we still had 100 people there. We spent $2,000 less on the event. And when they got saved and connected with the church, we saw we went from a 26% engagement of new members to 86%. I mean, it was night and day, and it was really just a philosophy shift.
2: Yeah, Doctor Shirley, same same question. You know, what are some things that you've seen? Uh, well, I'll um, piggyback off something Scott just said. I think uh, <laughs> what uh, what we found with uh, particularly with our older group that that what you just talked about that, um, that regular time together uh, that was the that was the catalyst for for bringing people into the community, uh, and, and then they would invite them to to the Sunday morning experience. Then they would be able to to uh, to pull them into their ministry, ongoing ministry uh, initiatives that they were doing. And, and so it was kind of like a stepping stone process that they were using to uh, to assimilate people uh, into the body, and it it, it was working. And uh, I think with the uh, same way with the uh, with the uh, the younger ones as well. Uh, I, one thing that I want to mention, though, that uh, that we haven't talked about is is the the cultivation of the church as family, uh, particularly in a smaller church, which I think some of our, our uh, viewers are going to be uh, a part of uh, in you know one staff churches that sort of thing, where they they don't have the ability to to uh, to spend a lot of resources and a lot of time themselves on this. If they're identifying uh, if they're identifying strong leaders, uh, those leaders are then uh, seek, seeking out those, uh, those single adults and then seeking to try to find a way to integrate them uh, within the community, within the body, finding ministry places, finding groups for them, um, uh, you know, finding ways to, uh, to build relationships and friendships among different ages and stages of life. Uh, because ultimately in a smaller church, Uh, they've got to find a place to belong Mm -hmm. and, and they need to feel needed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and, and so, uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent in our family ministry area of, 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 uh, I guess, uh, reviving maybe, uh, within the church, the, uh, the importance of our extended family, uh, within the body. Yeah. And and I think building that uh, that spirit and building that uh, that that mechanism of bringing people in, giving them a place to belong, finding a place to serve, and uh, and then uh, then finding the friendships necessary to to uh, to hold on to to that community.
1: Well, and, and, um, and I want to say a quick word, um, and then you know, Scott will have you wrap it up here. But first thing is that if you haven't made a comment yet, uh, maybe you can count the number of books on the second floor of Dr. Shirley's library and write that in the comments, and that will get you some swag. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, being single friendly doesn't have to cost you a thing. It doesn't have to cost you uh, a new program. It doesn't have to be an event. Um, Using even terms, family ministry or single adults or whatever the terminology you land on, singles just want to know that they're welcome. They want to know that when you're speaking to them, pastor, that you know they exist. And that's the same thing, a a male, a female, a married couple, a young adult, senior adults, they want to know that you're speaking to them. And so we do it really well in a lot of ways. And pastor communicates well on a lot of topics, but just adding in a little phrase um, into what they're already saying in, in singles here and just throwing that in once a month mm-hmm. does a world of difference for your church being single friendly. It's as easy as a few words. Um, and so we want to encourage single pastor churches to think um, that it's really that simple. And, and if you can find a leader, uh, why not partner with a couple churches in the area to do a singles gathering once a month? There's no harm in that, and people are. is huge for singles, and even during COVID, we find that singles are trying to find ways to to, to be together, um, to, to continue dating if they're looking at dating and and finding those things. And so, so let's let's enable that. Let's set them free. Maybe they just need to hear that that's okay to to go hang out with singles from those other areas, because there's going to be more rural areas where maybe that doesn't happen, and singles do want to. Um, uh, be around one another. And we're working with a, a pastor that's on our team, uh, Scott, and and he's, and he's trying to figure that out um, in Moultrie, Georgia, and trying to figure out how do we connect singles in the area from all these life stages and, and do that. So I know it's about time for us today, but um, refreshing your singles ministry, revitalizing it, starting to focus on it um, is all things that everybody on this panel um, has done and has been firsthand with and we would love to help you with that so if you want to write in the comments we'll be following along and we can reach out more um, and and just again another thank you uh, Dr. Shirley for your investment in um, thousands of students at this point easily um, that that you've been able to share those truths that we've talked about today and many others um, to try to impact our local churches so thank you for that.
0: Thank you. That's right and friends if you are you um, feeling that sense of singles ministry that you need to do more, that you need to start or enhance what is happening at your church. Let me encourage you to do it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start today. Start having those conversations. And and here in Georgia, we've got studs like Dr. PJ Dunn who can help you with that, because that's really why we exist is to resource, inspire, and encourage disciple makers and to, to really help churches get healthy in the area of discipleship. If you're in that, uh, Uh, Fort Worth area, go by and take Dr. Chris Shirley to lunch, give him a $100 bill and uh, let him share with you all of the wisdom and wealth of knowledge that he has. And uh, so Dr. Shirley, thank you for being with us today. We know you have an incredible schedule of what you're doing at Southwestern Seminary. So thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your years of friendship with Mm -hmm. us. And PJ, thank you for guiding our discussion. And folks, we'll see you soon.